0: do the extra 30 minutes. Like it's th- it's not going to kill you to stay there for 30 more minutes and hit more hit 30 more putts and 30 more chips. It'll never hurt you to stay 30 more minutes. That's that's the best one. 30 more minutes is is what I would tell myself.
1: This is the tournament code. We appreciate you taking the time to join us today, Alex. We know kind of your story where you are right now. You're out playing on the Corn ferry Before you get there, uh, there's a lot that goes into getting there. And where we start with every guess is kind of the beginning. What got you into the game of golf?
0: You know, my whole family was pretty, pretty well into the game, especially my dad's side. My mom's dad also played. And I kind of grew up when I was younger playing with him a lot. Kept playing with my dad, his family, his sister, his brothers, his mom. His dad, I was never met his dad, my grandfather. Um, He passed before I was born, but that whole side of the family was very into it. Um, So I started playing. I was about knee high, four years old, beating balls around the backyard, stuff like that. We had a little nine-holer down the road from my grandparents' house, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, anything that involved me swinging and hitting the ball, I was playing at that age. But golf was always fun.
1: And so – did you start playing tournaments when you're young or did you figure that out later and what really got you like saying, Hey, I want to play competitive golf.
0: Yeah. I didn't start playing them super young. I know there's like kids that start playing when they're like six, seven years old and stuff like that. It wasn't me. I probably started, I, mean, I think I remember playing one tournament at a place in like Zanesville when I was maybe like nine or so. And then Uh, When I first started really playing tournaments was probably there's like a junior city series at the city of Columbus, like Parks and Rec ran, which I grew up at the Muni down the street from my house. And the pro told me I should play those and stuff. And I probably started playing those when I was 12 or 13 and that was probably when I actually really started playing tournament golf I might might have been a year or so younger than that I can't I don't remember exactly but it was in that ballpark those were pretty easy they were all just kind of like one days they were around Columbus and stuff and you know from there I started playing more things but uh, that was probably the the start of all of it
2: so at what point did you you know you say I'm getting pretty good Uh, I want to consider playing college golf
0: I always kind of wanted to play college golf once I got to probably about 6th or 7th grade. So, what's that, like 13-ish, 12, 13? When I started playing tournaments, it was probably more so the junior high aspect. Um, we had a really good group of guys that I went to high school with and even was in my the two years that I was in junior high. and. I think that was when I started maybe coming down, like 13, 14, started coming down to those plantation events that I've heard like Ashton and BT and Dorn talk about. I played with BT in like a thousand of those. That was how, and it's funny that we, we did that and knew each other and then went to rival co- colleges and, you know, now room together a lot on tour, but um, played a lot of those, especially around, you know, like UK and Kearney Hill, Kearney Hill, Kearney Hill. I'm not sure how you guys say it. You guys don't say (laughs) Louisville right either, but I decided I wanted to play college golf kind of once I realized that I probably wasn't going to play college baseball. Um, And I played baseball until I graduated from high school. I still loved playing baseball and I wish I would do more baseball related activities. But yeah, it was about then. And I was kind of late to the recruiting process too. I didn't really kind of start that until I was maybe 15 or 16, freshman, sophomore in high school. But that was probably about when I decided that I wanted to pursue that.
1: Yeah, it looks like from what we know about you that you're a pretty solid high school player. And I know that getting into things late can be kind of an issue. In 2013, I think you were runner up for the state golf tournament. You know, you had some, uh, you were the conference player of the year that year. You had a few wins. Uh, I think 2011, you won the district tournament. So when it comes to, getting recruited and figure out where you wanted to go. It could be a little bit late, as you mentioned, uh, getting into the game like that. How did you figure out, hey, I want to go play at Marshall. That's the place for me. And what was your experience like?
0: Boy, that was a process getting to Marshall. So the recruiting process started when I won that district tournament as a sophomore was when I kind of got some attention um, and guys – like Ohio state was vaguely interested. You know, i traded an email with Ken at one point and, you know, that was kind of the Ohio scene kind of saw that a little bit. Um, And I'll be the first to tell you, I wasn't very good in high school. I didn't do anything very impressive in high school. I kind of slapped it around and, you know, I would, I chipped and putted it pretty good. That was kind of my thing was I was real, always pretty good around the greens, but I I mean, I slapped it. It was it was pretty ugly. Um, and so then as soon as they watched me, you know, hit a golf ball with a full swing, they are like, he's probably not going to be that good. The Marshall story is really all thanks to a guy named Jake Miller, who you guys may or may not know is now the head coach at Murray State. Um, he was a senior my freshman year of high school, uh, and I played with him because he was uh, friends with a couple guys on our high school team. To this day, one of my favorite people on planet Earth, we had a new coach come in. I want to say the year before I got there might've been his first year or maybe the year before that. And he wasn't very well versed in recruiting. And he basically just asked the guys on the team at that point, you know, do you guys know anybody that you think can come in and play? He was late on the recruiting. Um, And myself and a guy named Scott Sapp who played, ended up going to Cincinnati. Um, We both went to high school together and neither of us had committed anywhere. And so that was when our recruiting process at Marshall kind of started. And I'm sure that our coach would kind of agree to this. He kind of dragged it out and was kind of fumbling around with, you know, offering it. We both would have gone there together. And I still think to this day that that might be one of Scott's biggest regrets was maybe not waiting to go there with me. Not that I don't think he likes Cincinnati. He had a great time and all that stuff. And I believe met his future wife while he was there. Um, And so I don't think he regrets any of that. But golf-wise, I think he would have liked to have came back and went to Marshall with me and played together, and I think we would have been really good. But, uh, yeah, basically, that Marshall ended up being my only offer to play Division I college golf. Um, it was either go there. I think I could have gone to Wittenberg, which is in Springfield, or Guilford College, which is down in Greensboro, both Division Three programs. And so I – Kind of jumped on the offer to go play at Marshall. Um, I liked all the guys on the team on my visit. It wasn't, you know, like, hey, I got stuck here. Um, I wouldn't trade my experience there for anything in the world. A lot of my best friends came from my four years there. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Got to meet a lot of good guys that I now travel with around the tour too. So
2: you're a pretty solid player starting out. You averaged seventy four point three freshman year, and you averaged seventy three the next two years. But you made a really really big jump your senior year. You went from a 73.49 to a 71.24 and you got an automatic bid into the NCAA regionals as an individual. So what allowed you to kind of really make that huge jump towards the end of your career?
0: So when I was there, you know, I was still kind of, that was when I quit playing baseball, obviously getting into college. Um, So I had a lot more time to to devote to golf not that I was still playing summer ball before then I might pick up like a weekend here there with some guys I knew but I had a lot more time to devote to golf I was more invested in it obviously I think that shows between like the freshman sophomore jump once I did that I kind of started identifying you know where my game didn't stack up with the rest of the guys and I mean Cooper you guys played with us enough and I don't know who all you played with on the team but I mean, we had a bunch of guys who could flat out strike the golf ball and they hated me my freshman year because I would slap it around guy in and I would shoot like 71 with like 10 greens in regulation and they would hit like 16 greens and shoot like 72 or something stupid. They would just get pissed. And so basically I realized that like, I don't hit it good enough to go shoot like 64. I could shoot like 68 if I hit it good one day, but like I never shot like 64. And so I want to say it was the winter the winter of my sophomore year. I did a pretty hard dive into kind of changing up my golf swing a little bit. I was a very flat, shallow, laid off, slap draw guy. And I wanted to, you know, crisp up some contact. So I worked on getting a little bit steeper, a little bit more descending and all that kind of jazz. And when I did that, you know, it took a little while for me to really get into that, you know, I went from being a draw guy and then eventually turned into a fade guy when I realized that I wasn't going to draw it very well from there. And so the junior year was, you know, I wouldn't call it unsuccessful because I still played some okay golf through my junior year. But then by the time I really got it nailed down was kind of coming out of the spring of my junior year. And then I had a really good am summer the following year. Um, really like Think I finished. I finished second in our state am. Uh, came pretty close to getting in the US AM again, and you know felt really good going into my senior year with where my golf swing was at, ball striking wise. And then that was when it all kind of pieced together was going into my senior year. And I mean, I s- was finally striking it really good, and then still had the short game to match it.
2: What was kind of like the catalyst for making those swing changes? Did you have a coach that you know you talked to about? getting to a certain point with your swing or was that kind of something that you came up with on your own?
0: A little bit of both. Uh, I've always been a pretty independent swing guy. The instructor that I've worked with for, you know, pretty much all of my life back home in Pickerington. uh, We had some swing based stuff and, you know, general technical stuff that we worked on when I was younger. But for the most part, he was more into teaching me how to play golf than, you know, hit golf balls basically. And so you know, we would talk about what I needed to do to get better, and then that was what I thought I needed to do. He concurred. And, I mean, really, it was it was just basically steepening the plane more or less. Less club face rotation and steepening the plane. And so, I mean, I spent a good couple months in our indoor that winter just feeling like I was just raking the golf club, like, down and left. I mean, it, it felt awful, but it, it And it turned into the driver yips at one point because when you hit so many seven irons trying to swing like nine down, you eventually started swinging about four down on the driver. And that didn't, so I had to fight that for a little bit. And that was probably also part of, you know, the junior year plateau from sophomore year was, I was playing a driver out of the shop that I could just like keep in the air, basically. Then finally, once I kind of balanced the woods back out and got everything going, that was, you know, when everything turned kind of nice.
2: So you kind of talk about, um, practicing a lot in Yarl's indoor facility what would a practice session look like um, in the middle of winter when kind of all you had to do was hitting it into a net i think that i don't know if we had a track man at that point yet um our indoor
0: facility at marshall at the time my like when we started it was just two racquetball courts in our basketball building that were netted up and we had like a carpeted putting green on the back side of one of them and so you know that one was a lot of you know we like to hang like paper plates on the netting and play like the big break you know beat everybody else's paper plates out of the wall but that was really the only time where i was big into video just trying to make sure that you know i was where i was getting the club and you know it was just a lot of going in there with your buddies and you know do a little bit of swing work and then you do something to entertain yourself and so then we had a game where you know we'd tee off from the mat hit it into the wall and then it was soft enough where the balls would land that we would then like chip from there into like the little wood carpet putting green and like play golf to all the holes in the putting green that way um that was a pretty popular game the only thing we had when i was there was we had a track man donated with an ipad and a screen but we were still just hitting him into a wall so we put like tape marks up in the wall basically to just aim the track man and we didn't have it where it would like show the ball flight through the air it was just it would pop up a two-dimensional line basically and show you what the golf ball did it was sweet to us at the time because it was something that we never had before uh but you know in all reality you're not quite seeing a shot you're just trying to figure out a swing that makes something do something that was pretty much it and then i think our other one my senior year got set up into being like one was then the hitting bay and one was a short game bay they kind of fitted it out with a turf putting green and stuff which was nice and a big upgrade for us so then it was nice to be able to go in there and work on the putting a little bit better than than the carpet that was probably 30 years old at that point so that was a pretty standard work at the indoor i guess we had our indoor football field built too and we could hit balls and see about forty yards of ball flight maybe before we would hit him into the ceiling. So we would go do that once in a while too, but then usually that devolved into us throwing a football around or something like that.
1: That's cool that you guys had that set up. One thing I had a question about is you said, you know, the strength of your game was putting and short game, which is interesting to me. I get I get the technique issue maybe was part of that because a lot of the guys I knew who just played baseball in college have dummy fast golf swings like they can't really control it can't keep it on the planet but they're pretty good at creating speed and i know that you're 5'11 190 so pretty strong when it came to creating speed was that something you were good at at all or is that something you got better at over time
0: something i got much better at over time um no i was I was the dinker my freshman year. I think I might have only hit it further than Jake Miller. We had, I think, 11 or 12 guys on the team, and 10 of them hit it past me. We had another freshman who came in. His name's Jake Appleby, and I remember we went out to play, you know, right when I got to school. It was just me and him and the other freshmen. We got to this hole at one of our courses, and it was about 350 downhill, and, you know, I hit my driver to about 70 yards, and he flew it on the front edge. And then we both made birdie and he was like, he was like, what the heck? And I was, well, you know, different ways for different ways to do everything, I guess. But no, that was another thing that, you know, I I chased through college too. Um, And I think that, you know, outside of one year in college, we had a pretty good weight staff. I mean, my weights fluctuated a lot in the last, since my freshman year of college, I want to say my freshman year, I went in at about 170 and I pushed 200 at one point, but it was a pretty strong 200. And then that was kind of tough to maintain, you know, once, uh, once the whole speed, re- that was kind of when the speed like revolution started really, it seemed like when guys, you know, the speed sticks became a thing and all that kind of stuff. And so that was when I, you know, a lot of times, once we got that track man too, it was like, trying to figure out how fast you could swing it. And so there'd be, you know, legitimate sessions that we would have in there of just trying to swing it harder, seeing, you know, all right, can I get to one twenty? Can I get to one twenty two or something like that? And you know, it helps also you're you kind of put on what I call the rest of like your man weight at that point. You kind of thicken out and finish growing and stuff. Um and so I went from probably cruising, you know, one oh eight to one ten, maybe firing it at 112 my freshman year and then by the time I was done I was kind of cruising in the 117 ish and could get it to about 20 um still swinging it kind of hard at the time to get it to 117 and now you know I can kind of I cruise around the same speed now still about one you know 17 but I have like the ceiling of You know, maybe the mid to upper 120s. So it's a little bit more of a calmer 117, basically. But no, that was definitely something I had to work on. And I came by pretty honestly of, you know, being in the gym and kind of figuring out how to swing the club faster.
1: How'd you get to getting your top end to be higher 120s? Is it just the gym? Was there more? Because obviously that's something that's happened after college, it sounds like. How did you get to? that point is there specific stuff that you worked on or is it just a natural progression
0: no i definitely worked on stuff um i've been really lucky i had a guy uh back in columbus when i was still spending my summers there he trained me for free um at his gym in gahanna and he was an ex mlb pitcher so he his specialization was what he called rotational athletes so he would train baseball players and fighters and golfers and you know, anybody that had to kind of use the the dissociation of hip, shoulder, um, kind of twitch muscles and stuff. And then between him and some of the people I had in college, like Josh Chamberlain, um, he was really good. He works up in Pennsylvania now. I hope he listens to this because I don't talk to him a whole lot, but he's always been really good to me. He hooked me up with a workout plan when I moved to Florida. You know, kind of just gathering all of that knowledge from those people. I've always been one to pay attention and really... I never really needed told what to do at any point. I was always pretty happy to go do the work. Um, But I just want to make sure I was doing the right things. And so kind of gathering all of those workouts and all that stuff from them uh, really helped and kind of keeps me in line down here now. And, you know, I'll kind of steal some things from following people from uh, uh, what's the gym down in West Palm that all the guys train out of with like Joey D and Colby Wayne and those guys. I'll steal some of those off Instagram and kind of, you know, intermix a lot of stuff at this point. But I also just would dedicate time on the range to just swinging at it hard. I was like, I don't care where it goes. I'm just going to see how fast I can swing it. Like, I don't care if I hit this ball across the next hole over. Like, if I can swing it 126, like, I'm making it easier on myself to swing it 118. So that was kind of the whole process there.
2: So you came out of college. You had that great senior year and you turned professional directly after. What did the um, beginning of your pro career look like? It started out kind of nice, honestly. Uh, You know,
0: I kind of proved to myself that professional golf was an option my senior year. Um, I think I I won twice, had a couple other runner-ups, and that was kind of what I had to do to really kind of prove it to, you know, family, coaches, all that kind of stuff, that I should go ahead and try it. I don't know how long they were expecting me to end up playing, um or anything like that but you know they wanted to be supportive if i wanted to give it a shot you know the first thing i played in i played a monday qualifier for the Wyndham. i like got through a pre-qualifier played the monday and i missed by a couple went down i cashed a check at a g pro like all right that's one pro event that's one check like all right that's cool uh went to q school that winter um or that fall i guess and you know finished second at the pre-stage. I got through first stage in Nebraska and all of a sudden I was one week away from having my KFT card. And I was like, this doesn't seem like all that bad. And you know, then I shoot 72, 74, the first two rounds of second stage and I'm in like dead last. Like, well, I got to go shoot 20 under the next two days to get back inside the number and kind of knew I probably wasn't going to get through unless I did something crazy, but I did go out and we were playing at Southern Hills that year and I shot 67, 67. And, you know, you know, there's no not a whole lot of pressure on you at that point. Cause I mean, you're not getting through, but you know, those two rounds on that golf course, you know, still taking it seriously and those were a little bit more morale boosting. And then, uh, you know, I'd moved to Florida for that winter and decided I was going to go play Latin tour Q school at that point. And I don't know if either of you guys know Davey Jude or not. He was a teammate of mine at Marshall. We both decided to go do it. And we ended up going to Brazil for Q school because the Florida site filled up in apparently under four and a half minutes that year because my timestamp was like four fifty two, and I didn't get in. We go down to Brazil for that Q school and we play the Olympic course and man, that golf course is difficult. Um, I think there's Monday Q tweeted about it at one point. I think I shot like 19 over for three rounds and also shot like 68 one day. Something, or four rounds, I'm sorry. 19 over four rounds with a 68 or 69 or something. A lot of big numbers getting thrown up down in Rio by yours truly. Um, And that was kind of a a quick kick right there. So pretty rocky to start out and, you know, then – the infamous story of Davey and I hashing out the deal kind of happened, you know, at the beginning of that Latin season. So then things kind of got, got a little easier. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that story or not, but Davey finished like 10th that week. So he had full status or was at least close to full. He was going to get all of the first half of the season. We make a deal to date, the dumbest idea I've ever had. Can't believe I did this, but I was going to go down to the first three Latin events and play the Mondays, and then if I didn't get through the deals, I was going to caddy for him for seventy-five bucks a day. So I go to Panama. It's, it goes Panama, Buenos Aires, Santiago, the first three events. So I booked the travel, you know, it was all that good stuff. I go to Panama. There's a week off between Panama and Buenos Aires, so Panama is standalone. I go to Panama. The qualifiers in Panama City. Go down a couple of days early. Play the practice rounds. I'm rooming with Sean Bush, um, who's an Ohio State guy that was playing down there too. And the night before I get food poisoning, I mean, from probably about the one o'clock hour to like the five o'clock hour, I think I, you know, it came out of one end for every, about every 20 minutes. I was walking around the Panama city streets, looking for a pharmacy. It was a Sunday qualifier that week for some reason. So Sunday on Sunday, everything's closed. Um, I almost puked in an Uber trying to go to a pharmacy, ended up buying unmarked pills in like a paper bag for about 76 cents or something like that. Hoping they were right. I took them, stopped throwing up, didn't play, um, couldn't caddy, went to go fly home and my passport got stolen somewhere along the lines that week. Also, um, really cool weekend, you know, pretty, pretty stellar stuff and somehow ran into somebody at the airport that managed to get me on a flight home and then, so I go home, I have no passport and I'm flying back to Buenos Aires in like 11 days was the time frame, or something along those lines. So I, I had to drive to Miami, got a new passport. I got there the day before the flight to Buenos Aires. I fly down there, play the qualifier. I got in, but I missed the cut. So then my flight to Santiago isn't until Sunday night. I'm not changing it at this point. It's too expensive. I caddy for Davey on the weekend, make my 150 bucks. Fly to Santiago, get in at about 2 in the morning. My tee time's at 9 for the Monday qualifier. Uh, Get through that Monday also. And then almost go wire to wire in Santiago. I think I shot the course record on Thursday, was leading. Shot like three under the next round, or two under the next round, three under the next round. Playing the final group on Saturday with Joaquin Demon and Alex Rocha. Shoot 66 on Saturday, and I got a two-shot lead going into Sunday. And played, you know pretty solid on Sunday. I think I shot 69. Unfortunately, John Summers caught me. Um, He shot 65, I believe on Sunday, still hit to date. One of the best shots I've ever hit to try to force a playoff. I hit three wood into the 18th green on a par five to about 10 feet um, for Eagle. He, and then he hooped a 40 or so footer for Eagle before I could even putt it to close me out. So, but you know, I doubled my net worth that week in my bank account with that money um, and uh, basically was going to reshuffle into status in a couple weeks. Um, unfortunately, I had to miss like the next, I got in the next week, but then I had to skip three events because I didn't, wasn't going to get status until after the eighth event. So um, couldn't I was basically resolved to either Monday qualifying or hoping I got sponsors invites, but hard to get sponsors invites down there. So yeah, that was the first six months of my professional life. I came home from that trip and slept for about three days straight, and then you know, kind of rolled around the Latin season until getting to the KFT. So
1: that's a pretty topsy turvy start, and I can imagine for a lot of guys uh, that could be enough to say just after that first couple weeks, say, "Hey, you know, like this really isn't for me. Like I'm I'm dying down here the first week, not even able to do anything next week." uh, miss the cut. What really drove you? Were you only going to play those three events and then actually go caddy or were you, would you have actually ended up doing that? Cause it sounds like you got to drive where you get going and you probably got to stay going.
0: Yeah. I had only planned on doing those three. Uh, I had a flight booked home from Santiago back, back to Miami and Orlando. Um, and so that was the plan was just play those three and go. And then, uh, you know, I get obviously get into another event in Argentina the following week. I think I dropped like 1500 bucks on changing all those flights or something like that. It was pretty expensive. But, you know, I wasn't going to pass up a tournament that I, you know, I didn't have anything else to play in, so I'm going to go play. You know, it would have been tough to say if I don't, you know, get that done in Santiago and have that week. I don't know. I don't know what the plan would have been. Probably would have just came back to the U.S. and, Maybe played some mini tours or something, and you know waited around for Q school and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I think, I mean, thankfully it happened the way it did. Latin tour I thought was you know a really good experience. See a lot of cool places, but I think the golf kind of speaks for itself too. You Play a lot of really good golf courses and kind of learn a lot about your game down there. So I'm glad it happened the way it did. Uh, maybe not necessarily you know the passport and food poisoning part, but you know I'd I'd much rather have you know gotten that job done down there than figured it out otherwise.
2: That's a really cool way to start your pro career. And we talked about how you made a big jump in your senior year of college. And you made another really big jump in 2021 in your pro career when you won the Colorado Open, which you made $100,000 at. And then you medaled at first stage of Corn Ferry Q School and second stage of Corn Ferry Q School. So you really, really caught a heater that summer. And um, what allowed you to just get in that mindset and play such a great golf in 2021.
0: So ironically, about maybe six weeks before Colorado, I played, we had three Latin events, maybe five, uh, a few weeks before Colorado, there were three Latin events. Um, but I was living down in Florida that summer. I think I stayed for the full year for the first time that summer. I actually had a pretty bad mishap with my back that probably came pretty could have come close to like just ending my career. I mean, we were having, you know, a get together at the house I was staying at and somebody pulled me off of a hot tub ledge and the back, my my spine, lower spine hit the curb of a pool. It was pretty ugly. And, you know, I went, luckily I didn't break anything, but the, the pictures are pretty gross. And I really didn't even know how I got, I, without a Toradol shot, before Fort Lauderdale, which was a week after it happened, I don't think I would have played Fort Lauderdale. But because I was able to play and move around, it kind of allowed me to get it to heal a little quicker. I kind of had to figure out how to swing the golf club without all of my movement. And I don't know if that turned into like just my golf swing getting a little tighter or something, but Fort Lauderdale didn't go great. You know, I was in some pain still, but I flew to Columbia the following week. I played pretty good down there. It helped. It wasn't a very long golf course. It wasn't a lot of big swings with driver or anything, a lot of irons, hybrids and stuff off the tee. And, you know, played pretty good there. I think I finished like eighth. And then we had Ecuador the week after, which is a golf course that I love playing at. Um, love that event on the Latin tour. And I finished like 13th there, or something along those lines. And then by then, you know, back still looked ugly, but it was feeling a little better and stuff. Um, I think we had a week or two off and then we went and played the, um, Latin final event, which was, uh, PGA Riviera Maya. And that golf course is hard. Um, it is like 18 holes of lost ball on both sides. And just, I mean, you, you never get to take a break out there playing some of those courses, you know, can, can really prepare you. And so, you know, I think I finished like 25th or something down there, in mexico and the colorado open was literally the week after mexico and so um, i flew back up and basically flew in one night and then was flying to colorado the next morning and i'll tell you what nothing makes a golf course look wider and the ball going straighter than playing a golf course with a bunch of hallways and then going to altitude and playing a golf course where you can hit it everywhere I'm sure that that probably helped a little bit, but uh, I was playing some good golf and I liked what I was doing. I got out to Colorado and, you know, that golf course just set up pretty nice for me, I guess. Um, Felt pretty good about my golf swing and what it had developed into after the back injury and stuff and got out there and, you know, played pretty good for you know, the first three rounds, I, th- I don't I don't think I did anything special the first round. I think it was like 67, 66, 68 or something, which, you know, on that golf course, I don't know if you guys have ever been out there or not, but, like, you can kind of get it going out there. There's a couple short fours, and you can get the par fives. So you shoot four under, like, it's a pretty normal round if you're playing decent. But then the last day, you know, putter got warmed up, and that helped a lot. And I still didn't even think I did enough to win when I finished. I thought, you know, somebody was getting to 20 or something along those lines. Um, so it was even a surprise to me that I didn't end up, you know, either maybe finishing second or third or get into a playoff or something. Winning outright didn't seem like an option when I finished, but, uh, that was a huge week for me. And, you know, obviously a big confidence boost that whatever I'm doing, you know, is obviously good enough to compete with some of the best players around and, you know, do a job that we're trying to do you know I was staying sharp played a mini tour event in Blacksburg before I always love playing the week before events you know I like to play a couple weeks in a row so I played a swing thought event at the time in Blacksburg before first stage and I think I lost in a playoff to RJ Kerr um there I mean I think I felt like I don't remember what 2.16 would be par for three. So I was 18 under for those three rounds. Go down to Mobile and, you know, just saw that course really well. Rolled it nice. Had one round where I got really hot with the putter. And I think I shot like 61 or something, which, you know, that's a pretty good way to get through first stage with one of those rounds. Did the same thing. Went to the Dothan second stage course. Played before second stage of Southern Hills. I think I finished third there. Shot, you know, a handful under for those three days and then went to went to second stage at Southern Hills and you know just it seemed like for the better part of those boy, I don't know how long that is, like six weeks, maybe eight weeks at that point. When you just look up and the ball's kind of just going where you're looking and seeing greens right it's you just kind of wake up and everything makes sense um it's a weird thing to feel but especially for that long a weird thing to to feel when you go out to the golf course all the time like that but that was pretty much it i just was kind of knew what every what all my clubs were doing and knew where the ball was coming off the putter and just that was it was strange i think about it all the times you're like you can't stay like that forever it just never stays like that forever unfortunately you wish it would So I'm kind of working my way. You know, you're just always trying to find your way back to that, and that's something I'm working on currently. You know, I feel like we're getting close. So I wish I had a better answer for your question about what happened. But, um, you know, the injury happened, but I wouldn't attribute it to the injury. I would just say that, you know, you kind of find that comfort zone with all of your stuff, and golf just seems to make sense, I guess. Tell us a
1: little bit about your difference now playing out on the Corn Ferry compared to Latin America where you travel around a lot more you got your foreign countries you got all sorts of risks where now it's a little bit more stable environment and you have a little bit more going for you
0: yeah definitely easier to travel around the KFT and stuff you hear a lot of people who can't deal with the latin tour um, i never it's obviously expensive you know the and the purses aren't you know probably what they need to be to compensate guys for going down there for as good as the talent pool is down there. But I mean, the tour does a pretty good job of finding cities and areas that are, you know, stable enough and safe enough for guys to go to with where they don't really have to worry about, you know, some of the general concerns that people have down there. Um, You got to go looking for trouble if you really want to find it, honestly. And I've probably tried once or twice, uh, you know, on a weekend where I might not have been playing. Yeah, you got you to gotta kind of get off the beaten path to really get into some trouble for the most part when I was down there. Uh, with the KFTs, you know, much easier. You're booking domestic flights. You know, your passport isn't getting stamped everywhere. Uh, you're not dealing with currency exchanges, although sometimes those are in your favor, um, especially in Argentina right now. You're also, it's a lot easier to kind of maintain your general well-being. Um, you can always easier to you don't have to eat basically a meat and fries every meal because you're trying you know guys tend to stay away from the ice and the you, you're not drinking tap water and you're not you know usually eating you know vegetables washed in tap water that aren't cooked essentially um, unless you're at somewhere nice where you know that they're filtering everything out so yeah it's it's always nicer up here with a it just being cheaper and there's no language barrier for a lot of guys like I can speak a little bit of Spanish, but it's definitely not good enough to, you know, do everything I need to do down there. So yeah, the KFT's definitely a blessing when you uh, get to the fact of flying from Wichita to Maine or something or Greenville to Wichita. It's obviously, you know, seems like a pain, but it's definitely not as much of a pain as flying from, Orlando to Miami Miami to Buenos Aires switching airports in Buenos Aires and then flying to Cordoba or something along those lines. So um, You learn to deal with a lot down there and it makes it makes this seem pretty simple
2: So last year you played your first full season on the corn Ferry tour What'd you learn from playing that full season that you're gonna change for this year? or Did you feel like you know, I just I did pretty well. I just got to keep kind of keep doing what I'm doing
0: no, there's definitely a lot of things that I needed to to work on. A couple of big things was um, really working on driving the ball better. Um, you know, week in and week out, you watch guys just step up to drivers or tee balls and just, you know, it's like one look, hit it, and they're off walking because they know where it's going. It's hard to contend any week if you're not driving it in play. Um, and I struggled with that a lot last year trying to probably work the driver both ways, trying to hit a lot of drivers. You know, that'll be some... I've made a vow to myself about five months ago that I will never intentionally draw a driver ever again. That ball's cutting all the time. Uh, If I need to draw something, I'm hitting three wood, and it is what it is. So um, that was one big one. Um, I've done some mental work with uh, Bob Winters, um, Dr. Bob Winters. Uh, He's been a big help, just kind of reassuring that, you know, I don't need to do anything special. You know, I've been a pretty good iron player, pretty good wedge player, um, good around the greens, but, um, also, you know, trying to just make the game simpler. Um, I stopped and saw Jake Miller on the way back from Missouri last year. And, you know, we talked about kind of some decade types type of stuff where, you know, I would try to draw a six iron into a back left pin, trying to hit like the right shot to get it back into a pin when I could just hit a normal six iron to 25 feet short, right of a hole. And, you know, like I don't practice back foot drawing a six iron very often. So, why would I try to do it in competition? Um, so, you know, just trying to be more content with, you know, hitting 170 yard shots to 30 feet and, you know, just kind of relying on my putter a lot more, trying to make the game a little simpler and keep my bad weeks to, t45s instead of miscuts, cuts basically even if you're not hitting it great and you apply all the right stuff you could have not your best stuff and maybe finish you know top 20 or something like that i mean really my big thing this year was just being kind of grateful to be playing i mean i was in a position where i didn't know i was going to get to play this year and um you know i did the same thing i did last year which made the cut in bogota and i think i finished 20th last year i finished 19th this year something like that and you know those reshuffle points are are big. And I kind of took the KFT for granted last year. The way I got there just seemed like, you know, wasn't that hard. And, you know, finals kind of, kind of kicked me around a little bit, missing top 40 by one. But, you know, I knew I was going to get into events um, this year, not knowing and, you know, realizing like I could have to go back to play the Latin tour. I could be grinding around mini tours and stuff. Um, you know, I'm not going to take Having that status for granted, and I'm going to do everything to make sure that I keep it or graduate to the big tour. And that was probably my biggest takeaways after last year and the way everything ended.
1: That is cool. I know it's tough. As we said, you know, you're out there, you're playing for money, you're playing for status. There's a lot of pressures that can come with it. And I can imagine that it's easy to be nervous. When have you felt nerves when playing golf, and what do you do to kind of at least keep them as calm as possible?
0: You know, I don't mind feeling nerves because to me, if I feel nerves, that just means that I care about what's going on. Um, If I didn't care, I wouldn't be nervous. And if I didn't care, I shouldn't be doing it. You know, the best thing to me that calms nerves is knowing that you've prepared yourself. And so I I did, I felt incredibly nervous in Bogota. Um, You know, I got my opportunity and I was like, well, now I got to do something with it. You know, I had my opportunity to play my way in in Florida, and I didn't. I had my opportunity to play my way in at finals. I didn't. I even flew down and got in at three o'clock the morning of on Friday before that tournament to play the qualifier on Friday, and I had my opportunity to play my way in there, and I got in a playoff, and I didn't get through. And so, you know, I got my opportunity, and fortunately, you know, I'd done a lot the last couple weeks of putting myself in competitive moments, and figuring out what I was doing to to make sure that I was prepared and did a lot of the mental work and I think the mental work was probably even more important because I didn't play very good on Saturday I was playing with BT and both him and I were both in the same spot being conditional guys and that was our first made cut and we needed the points we needed the reshuffle and you know I didn't play very good and I was one over through 10 and you know was kind of slipping away from an opportunity to win a golf tournament and I could have went pressing but you know, the mental work I did made myself realize that, you know, I don't have to do it off a or I don't have to do it here. I can, you know, try to make some putts or, you know, get shots. I still had Sunday and, you know, that helped a lot. And, you know, I end up shooting one over, but then I end up shooting three under, I think on, yeah, three under on Sunday. And it gets me into a top 25, which exempts me into Savannah. But even then, you know, you're still coming down the stretch there and, I actually had to birdie the 18th hole to get into the top 25. And so I, you know, stepping up to a seven iron, I had to hit into a green that, you know, pin was in a spot where if I hit it long, right, it's going in the water. It's a tough two putt from the front of the green. And I don't really want to try to be getting up and down. You know, you step up into a shot like that and, you know, your whole season essentially feels like it's riding on this swing. And, you know, you just kind of live with the fact like, right, well, you know, I've hit, this many seven irons you know in the last couple weeks and you know when I hit them I hit them this way and I'm gonna aim here and give myself this target and trust that I did the work to hit it there and you know sure enough I hit it on front left corner of the green and then you know you got 60 feet uphill and if you hit it eight feet by it might roll in the water and that's not real comfy either knowing that you got to make four to do it and you know, you sit there and you're like, well, you know, I've two putted from 60 feet a lot in my life. You know, why is this one any different? And, you know, you go through all your same progressions and stuff and you try to keep your routine the same and, you know, trust your preparation. And as long as you can do that and fall back and feel assured in what you've practiced, then usually that's the best way to kind of deal with those nerves. It seems like, at least in my experiences.
1: No, I believe it. And that's something that we've heard from a lot of other guests. You just got to kind of stick with the process. We have just a few more questions here, so we'll wrap up in a second. One thing that I wanted to know is what's something about tournament golf or professional golf that most people don't realize?
0: I think a lot of people don't realize that guys like hit bad shots and don't always have their best stuff because everybody that watches golf on TV only sees all the good shots that people hit that's the one thing that we talk about all the time is like, you know, guys who are scrambling around the cut line and stuff. And, you know, they, they've got their like C plus game at best that week. And, you know, maybe a couple things didn't go their way. And, you know, those guys are just grinding, trying to make a check that week. They're seeing if maybe they can do something on the week. Like you've seen plenty of guys who played terrible Thursday, Friday for them. And, you know, they somehow scrape it out, make a cut on the number and then shoot. 10 under on the weekend, and all of a sudden, you know, they finish 25th and make themselves a nice check or something like that. That kind of stuff people don't see. They just see the guy that's the four guys that are leading that are just stuffing shots all week and driving it perfect. And, but then, you know, I don't think that anybody ever appreciates how good professionals short games are. I mean, most guys could get up and down out of a garbage can if you ask them to. I mean, it's just, it's, it's pretty silly. I just played with Dominic Bazzelli in the Puerto Rico Monday yesterday, and he hit he hit a shot that I've never even seen before. And I was just like a hundred and ten yard like flop cut punch out eight iron that had like it like he zipped it like twenty feet back and sideways on a green from like a hundred yards. and it was just the silliest thing I've ever seen. You know, those two things, which is also why I practice short game a lot because as good as you think your short game is, somebody out there is better. Um, and you can get it better but yeah just how good guys are around the greens and then how good guys are at managing golf courses and tournaments without their best stuff i think is uh two very impressive things in the professional game
1: that is very cool we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us the last question we ask every guest is if you could go back to yourself as a junior golfer and tell yourself just one thing what would that one thing be
0: can it be two things? Is that okay? Yep, that's cool. All right. The first thing is you need to learn to take care of your body at all times. Um, I just figured it out at 27, which I think is, you know, early, probably earlier than a lot of people figured it out. But trying to make sure that you put all the right stuff in because you can't perform eating, you know, fast food burgers and fry. And I know you know there's many tour guys who probably you know have to and. Um, I was one of those people at one point too, but like Chipotle is only a couple more dollars and it's a lot better for you. Taking care of your body that especially, you know, once you get into college and stuff and, you know, maybe, maybe only have six beers instead of eight or something like that. I don't know. Um, But uh, the other one would be, it's hard to say that I would tell this to myself because I was pretty good at it because it's always been what entertains me. So if it wasn't even just me, if it was anybody else that the the whole short game thing. You've got you you almost you got to be good around the greens. You should spend all your time around there because everybody hits it. Everybody at this level hits it good. Everybody you know in college hits it good. Everybody at the pro game hits it good. And you've got to you've got to love being able to get the ball in the hole because on a day when you don't hit it good, you got to love getting the ball in the hole. Hit more putts, you know. Hit more putts. Hit more chips. Do do the. Ex- I, I'm going to backtrack all of it and just say do the extra 30 minutes. Like it's th- it's not going to kill you to stay there for 30 more minutes and hit more hit 30 more putts and 30 more chips. It'll never hurt you to stay 30 more minutes. That's that's the best one. 30 more minutes is is what I would tell myself.
1: Excellent. Well, we appreciate it. If people are interested in finding you on social media, learning more about you, where can they reach out to you at?
0: Instagram is um a c weiss underscore five and twitter is a c weiss five both of those are both of those are options a little more active on instagram trying to trying to up that a little bit i'm sure that people not that i'm a huge content guy or you know an amazing follow but some people care to see what i'm doing so trying to trying to work on that a little bit better but feel free to reach out to me on there i'll usually respond to anybody that's saying anything nice perfect we'll give alex
1: a follow And then if you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a rating. And if you're listening on YouTube, please like, and subscribe as always. You can find us on Instagram at the tournament code and on Twitter at tournament code. We appreciate you listening to us. and Look forward to diving in deeper to what it takes to play elite tournament golf.